Good evening to everybody. Welcome to Chat with the Designers, your live, online, interactive weekly magazine for hams, home brewers, experimenters, and small transmitting loop designers from all around the world. We are here this evening to talking about that particular topic, the small transmitting loops for portable use. Here on June 17, 2014, this is episode number 7070 of Chat with the Designers. This is your host, George N2. APB and along with co-host Joe N2CX. Every other week or so, we bring you topics of interest to hams and home brewing and operating uh, practices and all sorts of technical topics that we, Joe and I, like to talk about on a regular basis. And as it turns out, many of you are here for that reason too. We have a very special program here tonight to talk about small transmitting loops for portable use. Joe and I really like antennas. Joe really likes antennas. And we recently had gone through kind of some design and, and measurements of some STLs, you know, transmitting loops, that some design variables were modified and we checked performance and so on. We had a great time doing that. That was called the Midnight Loop. And we actually had a, an episode a little bit over two years ago. It's referenced at the bottom of the, our whiteboard. It was called uh, Magnetic Loop Cookbook. So um, we're going to touch a little bit on that topic again. But this time, we have a very, very special guest host with us tonight, and that is Alex PY1. AHD and Alex is the uh, the designer and manufacturer of the very popular Alex Loop, a portable loop design for transmitting on mountaintops while walking around in temporary locations while uh, on vacation uh, at the at the lake uh, while sitting on the beach in the sand. And I think Alex has done a lot of that. And why don't you just say hello for a moment, Alex, and then I'll kind of get into introducing a little bit more. But it's really nice to have you here with us. Uh, Alex, go ahead. Okay. Uh, okay. It's so my pleasure uh, to be here to have this opportunity to talk to to the listeners of this program, the session, and uh, I wish I am here here to, to, to ready to to tell you about the loops. Uh, anytime you can call me and I give all the explanations that you need and share with all the people here my my, my incredible experience with the small magnetic loop for the last 12 years. So uh, go ahead, George. Oh, Thank you, Alex. And again, thank you for being here tonight. And uh, just to let everybody know how easy it is, Alex uh, just got onto TeamSpeak last night. Um, we were testing things out, and, and he was a real champ as far as uh, getting things all set up and working just right. Alex is from Brazil. I think, uh, are you still in Rio de Janeiro? Yeah, yes, yes, I am in Rio de Janeiro. I have born in Rio 64 years ago. I am 64 years old. And the first curiosity is that um, I am a lawyer. Okay, it's a very strange thing, but uh, I have never go to the two tribunes. Okay, but uh, you know my passion is electronics since a little boy, since ten or eleven years old. Okay, George. Oh, that's fine. I did not know about you being a lawyer, and we come from a lot of different backgrounds here in ham radio, of course. And uh, even those of us who really enjoy the electronics and the uh, the workbench and soldering and technology of ham radio, sometimes comes from various backgrounds that are unexpected. So ham radio truly is a hobby that brings us all together. Yeah, you've been a ham for, oh gosh, since you were about 22 years old, if I recall. And what really got you interested or brought you back into ham radio was the Yesu FT817. Many of us here know uh, the 817 is a very, very popular uh, portable radio, all well, nearly all band, QRP kind of transmitter, transceiver, but it's a very flexible, all mode and 
can take it wherever you want within the limits of how far your battery can go. But um, I think when you uh, found the 817, you know, you discovered the 817, you, you sort of like really determined that that's a great way to go portable. And that's what kind of led you along the path of essentially exploring and experimenting with loop designs that could allow you to go portable. So that that's kind of a, a theme that many of us have followed in our own ham radio types of careers. And again, that's what Joe and I uh, really found to be of, of great interest uh, with the hobby ourselves is, is the antennas and the technology aspects of, of the antennas. What we have tonight for the program is divided into three sections. Per usual, we'd like to cover the basics of a technology, you know, the featured technology for the show. And today, of course, that is the small transmitting loop technologies. We cover that in the section called the basics. And we normally just kind of show the technical history and maybe some of the problems that need to be uh, solved or the problems that are solved with, in this case here, the loop. So what we're going to do is, is uh, touch on just for a moment, maybe five, 10 minutes tops, uh, some of the basics of what it is, what a small transmitting loop or an STL is, what makes it work, how efficient it is, or maybe how efficient it is not. But sometimes we don't care about that because getting out, uh, transmitting with something is always better than transmitting with nothing. And uh, that might be the case here with, with the STL. There are always compromises. Section two of the tonight's program is going to very specifically and with great pleasure focus on the Alex loop. And we'll ask Alex to tell us then a little bit about the, the history of what, what led him to that particular uh, path of experimentation and what he did in evolving and in playing with uh, the loops and then maybe describing what his current uh, the current product is that is so popular throughout well throughout the US but I think throughout the world and the last section that we'll talk about at the end of the hour is just a quick quick summary of what what we called uh, quick and easy homebrewed loops and as it turns out Alex has on his website that he graciously allowed us to reference uh, liberally here tonight he has many different types of homebrew loops we selected several and we can talk about them as well as some of the other popular loops and maybe loop designers and loop websites that are out there now. So without any more um, ado, uh, why don't we get into the basics of loops and just a, a review of the basics and you know, kind of like what the facts of life are. Joe, N2CX has been a great Elmer to me personally over the two decades that uh, we've known each other and his passion and his, his knowledge and expertise in antennas has been invaluable in bringing me and many of us here on this uh, in this radio program, along in our understanding of loops and technologies and such. And together, Joe and I built uh, the Midnight Loop, and we learned a lot along the way there and tried to improve on things. But Joe, maybe you could take a moment here and give us some background on the loops and uh, what some of the challenges are. Certainly, George. Well, thank you for the intro there. Uh, yeah, antennas are indeed a passion of mine. Uh, I'm an engineer by trade, although I enjoy the uh, practical aspects uh, much more than uh, sometimes getting into depth, but I have some depth as well. Try to balance the two. Many engineers get uh, so wrapped up in uh, doing calculations and figuring uh, how bad things are, they don't get around to actually trying them out and seeing how well they work. And loops are an example of that. Uh, magnetic loops, small transmitting loops, are generally um, a loop of a conductor, generally round because that's the most efficient shape. Um, 
that is uh, has a circumference of about a tenth of a wavelength, um, as our table here shows on the whiteboard. And I put the list for the whiteboard, by the way, in the chat windows. Uh, chat window. You can see for 40 meters, um, a tenth of a wavelength would be a loop that's about four and a half inches, uh, four and a half feet in diameter. 20 meters would be roughly 2.2 feet, and for 10 meters, 1.1 feet in diameter. Um, that meets the strict definition of a magnetic loop. However, um, you can go up to um, and beyond a quarter wavelength in the circumference, uh, the distance around, and still have something be quite usable. Um, this big loop looks like a one-turn inductor. So uh, to resonate it, to get it to tune to the frequency you want to use it, you use a variable capacitor across the open ends of the loop. And then this gives you a tuned circuit. We have an equivalent circuit uh, shown on the, uh, on the whiteboard. Uh, it's a, a series or a parallel tuned circuit, probably best thought of as a parallel tuned circuit. And it has a it has a very, very low resistance. So we need some means of matching it to 50 ohms. And uh, there are various means of doing that. The one we'll be talking about tonight is using a coupling loop, which is another loop um, that is parallel to the main loop and smaller in diameter. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll go into a little bit more about that later. But basically, if you look at the, uh, it's, it's it's uh, kind of grim when you look at the, uh, the numbers for the equivalent circuit. The inductance and the capacitance, we understand part of a tuned circuit, but there are also resistances uh, associated with such a loop. Um, there's a loss resistance, which in the real world we always have, and there are um, there's what we call radiation resistance. That shows up as an electrical resistance in the equivalent circuit. That's actually where the power goes that we want. We actually uh, transmit the signal from there. Uh, and the, um, so we want to minimize, in order to get the most signal, we want to minimize the loss resistance, the R loss, uh, while we maximize the R rad, the radiation resistance. So for a given size loop, given circumference loop, we want to use as big a conductor, uh, bigger round in diameter conductor as we can. Um, we just have some typical numbers here. I'm not going to really go into them, but our equivalent circuit, you can read them if you want. Our equivalent circuit here shows that um, for a... Uh, a circular loop, a, um, a three-foot three-foot loop, three-foot diameter loop. Circumference is uh, something over nine feet um, on, and I forget which band this was, but um, the radiation resistance turns out to be 0.065 ohms, 65 milliohms, and the loss resistance is 0.07 ohms. So if you look at those numbers, you can see actually that uh, such a loop would be uh, less than 100% uh, efficient. It'd only be about 50% efficient, which sounds worse than it is, frankly. Um, you, If you think of it in these terms, um, losing half your power represents a uh, loss of 3 dB, 3 decibels. And when you consider that one S unit is 6 decibels, that's only half an S unit. So it's not really all that bad. So we're talking about antennas that are probably in that class, of possibly 50% uh, efficient, in some cases worse, but uh, some cases better. And uh, they're eminently practical. They're small in size. They can um, be relatively easily tuned uh, with a, um, a variable capacitor and uh, match to a coax. And as we'll see later, they're, they're very, very practical in size. We also have um, a printout from a uh, small, small magnetic loop calculator uh, question. Oh, that was just me, Joe, interrupting you as I always do. Um, I guess I didn't put down the frequency, but I just did a quick, uh, quick calculation of the L and the C from the equivalent circuit. Of course, the frequency for for resonance of an LC circuit, whether it's series or parallel, is 1 over 2 pi square, uh, 
um, yeah, whatever, 2 pi square root of LC. So that uh, when you multiply that out and do the computations, this comes up to, at least with my numbers, 13.96 megahertz. So obviously this is a 20 meter uh, um, 20 meter representation. Uh, thank you, you, yeah. How do you measure milliohms, by the way? Um, very, with great difficulty. You generally measure by uh, measuring the Q of the loop, uh, and there are various means of doing that, and back calculating, knowing what the uh, reactance involved is. Okay, and there, one could probably make a little milliohm meter with an appropriate uh, amount of current and, and voltage readings that would correlate to that, but that's a topic of another discussion, perhaps. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it. Indeed, when we discussed loops before, we discussed a DC milliometer, which will let you read um, basically loss in joints, but is DC resistance. It's not the uh, radiation resistance. So that's another matter at RF. So what I understand then now, basically the loop is as simple as a tube that is bent around in a circle, not connected at the end, but connected by means of a capacitor. And there is a match or a, an energy transferring mechanism from the coax to this particular loop. And that's really all it encompasses, right? And in order to maximize things, you probably want to make sure that the the resistance, the DC resistance of that loop is just very, very small. And uh, the surface area, I think you said, the bigger, the better. That's kind of a simple representation of what we have here. Indeed, that's true. Yeah. And one other practical consideration, just, just to mention it, we're not going to dwell on it, is you need a uh, tuning capacitor that's relatively low in loss. Ideally, the best is something like a vacuum capacitor, vacuum variable. They're large and expensive. Um, you can get by with um, butterfly capacitors, or in fact, you can use a two-gang variable capacitor connecting the two sections in series, as we will see later. So you have the capacitance of the uh, tuning cap, but you don't have any um, added loss resistance from the sliding, pardon, the sliding joint in the rotor. So uh, you end up with a relatively lossless uh, uh, capacitor. Um, good way to go. Um, final summary thing on the, um, the calculations and the parameters in the magnetic loop. We have a uh, screenshot of the uh, AA5TB uh, spreadsheet, which you can use to calculate some of the loop parameters. You can see the effect of loop diameter and conductor diameter. See what the, um, the inductance is of a, of a given loop, uh, what kind of capacitance tunes so you can just gauge generally what's happening there and uh, get some idea of how good or bad things are um, and this this tends to be optimistic so unfortunately uh, real life is a little worse but at least this gets you in the ballpark for seeing uh, seeing how a given uh, loop can perform and what you get out of it very handy spreadsheet there's a reference uh, later on in fact there's a reference at the bottom of the uh, spreadsheet snapshot here there are other other um, references other um, calculators on the web but I always keep coming back to this one. Now said about the technical aspects. Uh, carry on, George. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. And that was really uh, the the use of the spreadsheet, uh, the calculator, was really quite pivotal, really quite important when we were working on our design of the midnight loop and uh, trying to maximize the surface area and see how the different junction resistances uh, could be minimized and by when we added the capacitor and um, how that affected the overall efficiency. And uh, just as a slight 
aside, it was kind of interesting to have the results of our, you know, we uh, we use flashing, um, 12 or 10 or 12 inch wide flashing, um, metal flashing in a circular pattern to get a lot of surface area. But it was very unstable or relatively unstable in a wind, especially, even though we had a supportive framework for it. And uh, that um, a characteristic of the loop, and this is a very important point. Uh, you mentioned it, but I just wanted to underscore it is the bandwidth is very, very small. The, it's a very high Q uh, antenna. Um, if you were to uh, look at, uh, if you were to picture um, an SWR graph as uh, in frequency going from low frequency to high frequency, you would see a very sharp null or a dip in that uh, SWR graph at the point of resonance for the antenna, the, the point at which the antenna is uh, resonant and, and useful as an antenna. But that's a very, very narrow uh, bandwidth. And here in the chart, you can see it's uh, at least theoretically, it is uh, 17.266 kilohertz at the 3 dB points. Uh, and it's a very narrow, such that if you were to uh, essentially breathe or modify torque, um, if you were to alter the mechanical arrangement of that uh, uh, of the capacitor or the loop itself, that bandwidth would move, the frequency of resonance would move dramatically. Uh, so if you were trying to copy somebody, you would uh, probably hear them come and go um, based on your changing antenna um, uh, resonance. But anyways, that's that's a characteristic that can be used to one's benefit when having a very solid or um, mechanically stable uh, loop antenna, as can be achieved with uh, some good solid copper and a well-constructed capacitor, as, as Joe was uh, saying. And I think that's a little bit what Alex uh, uh, was able to achieve um, with uh, some of his uh, techniques. In fact, let's hear about that now. Is uh, Again, I wanted to introduce to everybody, both uh, listening here live on the program, as well as podcasters that will be listening to this. We have uh, about 75 to 100 people that uh, listen along on a regular basis to the podcast of Chat with the Designers. And uh, so I would like to welcome to everybody listening and podcasters. Welcome Alex, PY1AHD, and once again, welcome you to the program and ask you to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what led you along to uh, kind of be interested as a lawyer, to be interested in antennas and to be looking at the loop antennas. Alex, go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, good night for everybody. It's PY1AHD. Alex, I'm from Rio de Janeiro. I'm 64 years old and, and playing with electronics and radio since I, I, I am a very little boy, 10, 11 years old, more or less. And uh, I, I have my license for the last 40 years, approximately, approximately, mainly. And um, I stay a longer time dealing with uh, high, uh, high noisy figures on the places that I live. I live on the very populated places in Rio de Janeiro, like Ipanema, and I live in, here in Gavia. And uh, if I turn on my radio, I have something like uh, 9, 9 plus 5 of uh, QRM, QRN all the time. And uh, I became out of radio a long time, uh, waiting my child's grow. So after come here for this place that I'm living now, very nearby, Rogério, people uh, one Echo Golf Golf. And um, uh, what goes on is, is that I, my returning from radio becomes with the, I, I have all, uh, on tradition, I have loved the, uh, the QRP operation for all my life. 
I have changed the uh, uh, citizens band radio for 10 meters and put whip antennas and uh, trying to make portable operations, something like that, so on, on this, something 30, 35 years ago. And uh, as I told you, I have returned after my child's grow up. Uh, I I was amazed with this radio called FT817, like they call FT817. And I bought one, and uh, I have made some trials with uh, standard uh, coil antennas and something like this. And I was uh, trying to figure figure out a, a type of an antenna that can go uh, with the radio and could be uh, very efficient and have now you no know, for the size a small one, and. Uh, uh, and I start to, to to study a little bit from the small magnetic loop antennas. Uh, this study started uh, 12, 13 years ago. And uh, on this time, there was very few things written about small magnetic loop. But, uh, but uh, one thing to consider, Alpha Alpha Tango Bravo, Alpha Alpha 5 Tango Bravo, Stephen Yates have already his uh, website uh, some, 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 something like 12 years ago. So I give my, 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 my first steps on his homepage. And I start to study uh, a way to, to really make a, a, a loop very portable and very simple and very light to be used uh, to the FT-1817. And uh, the, the first thing that I have made was uh, break some uh, very important laws on the small magnetic loop system. The first one was using coax as the radiator. But uh, everything there's a reason on the, uh, to, to do is uh, the reason that I have uh, that, that was, was really uh, searching for something that I can roll up uh, on a, put a small bag to carry with the antenna to any place that I go. So I could not think on, on, on copper, on copper tubes and something like this. I know perfectly if I want an efficient loop, I will take a copper tube, I make a circle, uh, and I will give two baths of silver, okay? Uh, each bath of silver, I have uh, make a quotation. Now I will pay something, something around $180 for each bath or to, to apply a layer of uh, silver over the copper to make a uh, ideal ideal uh, conductor to, to make a loop but uh, the, my problem a specific problem is make it really a really portable antenna and the, the things began when was uh, I have um, uh, uh, small vacations to Porto Seguro that is um, a place here in Brazil uh, when the people comes uh, the Portuguese people comes uh, on 1,500 uh, on year 1,500 and now I, uh, I, I went for, for to take a week over there, and I, I was looking for a way to go there. So I make a small loop with corks. I make this small loop. I take there and make some experience over there. And one of the first contacts was with a VR2XMT. I was running five watts with single sideband, and VR2XMT was in Hong Kong, Charles, and gave me a five by nine. So I became very impressed. And I continued to use it, continued to use it, and many, many, many uh, DXs, one over the other, uh, one over the other. So I uh, stopped. 
over there and I say okay so the coax is fine to work for what I need so let me continue with the coax the other great law that I broke is to uh, make the reverse position from the variable capacitor normally we use the capacitor on the top and the small loop on the bottom so uh, I was trying to make a, something like a handheld antenna so I need to make the, the balance of the antenna so I need to bring the, 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 the gravity balance into, for nearby my hand so I need to take the, the heavy variable capacitor down uh, near my hand and keep the, the small loop on the top I have made this this, this other situation and uh, the, the D axis uh, are still going on perfectly and uh, it's okay let me break the loss and, and let me continue to my experience that uh, I, I was bringing here home and uh, making the tests and taking the loops for the field for a mountain and make tests and making the axis that probably all over this 12 years more than 1000 the axis and uh, with the same system and uh, uh, on this time the loop was uh, really uh, 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 a wood stick with the variable variable capacitor with PL259 connectors and on this time I was I, I have already the first model of the Alex loop was made in copper and it comes uh, squeezed on a box the copper and uh, the user uh, take it and uh, makes like a semi kit uh, they makes a circle of the the copper uh, something like nine millimeters cut copper like a three three eight of uh, an inch and uh, one day I was requested by by uh, Steve Silverman, who is a guy who have bought my antenna. I was play, was trying to make a, a, a business trip to to Galapagos Island and called me to make a, a, a loop that could go on his bag, was his bag to put on a, on a flight on the the, the uh, to take it on a plane. So I decided to cut a PVC tube on two pieces and after this I start to make the final form of the Alex loop divided on three pieces on a small bag on a small cushion bag and something like this and uh, this antenna really really works I can uh, I can uh, give my thanks to Joe on his explanation his perfect explanation about uh, the, the theory of the loops and how they are easy to construct anybody can go to my website and see dozens of different models using the different materials even uh, uh, loops made with coke cans remote tuned by water pressure with syringes we can go there and see this loop will be will cost almost nothing you know uh, and it works perfectly well um, uh, returning so uh, Steve asked me to do this antenna and this antenna uh, breakable uh, and foldable was developed to to carry to the strip and after this I, I start to I, I take off the the, the, the the antenna the antenna made with copper tube and change it for the coax cable and uh, one very important thing that is the uh, I am always has I, I know a little bit about the the loop magnetic loops theory to keep the the RR the internal resistance has as low as possible to improve the, the antenna Q 
I I have always used uh, gold-plated coaxial uh, connectors, the male and female on the antenna, to keep the, the losses as low as possible. And uh, the inner pin of the connector and the outer of the co the coaxial connector, they are shorted. So uh, uh, to warranty the lowest possible RR. Um, another important thing is actually uh, I am using a company here from Brazil that uh, don't have the decorative gold that the people use in China to make the things looks like gold. We don't have this this, this chemical uh, components here. The only way that you can make here a gold-plated uh, uh, metal thing is use the pure gold. So there is a very thin layer on the Alex sub connectors that is uh, that receive a very 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 thin layer of gold instead of decorative gold it use real gold okay uh, on the, another point that Joe have uh, bring to us is use of uh, a variable capacitor uh, with two gangs in series this is the trick that I, I could achieve on this time to have no uh, mechanical contacts that will increase the losses uh, we must be have a lot of care. Uh, the great problem is the, the loop, the the small magnetic loop antenna is indeed uh, the best small antenna that uh, they, they, they have already been developed till the present moment. There is there is absolutely no small antenna has efficient has the magnetic loop. Uh, the figures on the formulas actually have a, a quantity of formulas are talking about very, very disencouraging uh, numbers, but uh, the thing is, is that everybody becomes very impressive when they take a 5 watts radio and connects to uh, a small magnetic loop, a well-made magnetic loop. A well-made magnetic loop may be a homebrew loop without any problem. It's only follow the basic rules uh, from the from the conductor, from the variable capacitor, uh, and you will achieve a very fantastic results. And if you ha if you have a, 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 a small capacitor at home, you can have a loop in uh, f in two hours. You have a, a loop. Uh, probably we talk over from 10 to 40 meters. But uh, if you cover two or three or four bands, it will be very interesting because it's very difficult to find out a, a wire antenna that you can uh, have three or four bands on it. It's very difficult. And uh, one of the reasons that uh, we became very impressed with the, with the magnetic loop is the absence of a counterpoise. And the other thing very impressive is that the, the loops doesn't need to be more than its own weight over the, the soil. So a three-foot uh, three loop needs only to be three foot above the ground to achieve his, his perfect performance. So it's not necessary. When you talk about the Alex loop, what we recommend is to keep uh, exactly the turning button of the magnetic loop for the Alex loop uh, at the reach of your of your fingers tips to adjust the, the frequency because when you have a loop has a high Q you need to be re will be requested to, to make fine turns anytime you make frequency changes. For the minor frequency changes, we miss, 
you must return the loop for the best uh, for the best uh, standing wave relation. So I think this is not this this disadvantage. This is not bad. This is a very beautiful feature because uh, has a high Q device. You have uh, uh, you are absolutely sure that you can um, have uh, all the RF energy on the outer loop, outer loop. So you can have this in, in transmission. So what I, I think is very important too, is I have a very good experience with this, the Alex loop. Now I am very, very happy because uh, I have achieved a goal of only of 2,000 units. I have 2,000 units uh, around all, all over the world, uh, and there is absolutely no no point on the globe that you know not find a, a magnetic loop. My my daughter was traveling uh, two weeks ago with his his her husband in, in Spain in Barcelona and he saw uh, some hams playing with radio on a on a square on an event and uh, when he, he, he she go there and saw the guys was using Alex loop so you, you can find Alex loop in all the time and all the places of the world you know uh, actually even the medicines without frontiers med uh, yeah, I think the name is in English uh, is, is uh, doctors uh, without frontiers are using this this Alex loop and uh, and there is a guy uh, there is a doctor from, who takes care from the Karuki uh, Indians on the mountains they takes the Alex loop with him uh, to make emergency contacts when there there is some uh, there is an Indian with a problem of a health problem that needs special care and uh, he cannot reach any repeater and there is no cell phone working over there on the mountains and he can ask for for help with the HF radio with the Alex loop. So uh, I am very uh, very proud of it. With the people from Ancom North, who are emergency communication North, from uh, are working with the Alex loop either. So I am very happy how long uh, this things uh, this thing goes on, and uh, starting with uh, 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 a small play. So uh, I will thank you very much for the attention for everybody uh, for the audience attention and I hope to have uh, uh, pass you on uh, good information and I'm ready here okay George go ahead oh Alex I can't tell you how pleasing it is to hear you with such great clarity and you are down in Brazil we are most of us are up here in the United States and your signal is coming through so very very clear and understandable so uh, and it's really nice to be able to understand what is uh, you know what what led you to be making the uh, uh, the initial experiments in your loop design and, and ultimately um, some of the uh, what I call the secret sauce or what are some of the secrets that you have discovered and used in your design. You mentioned uh, gold plating, you mentioned silver plating, some of the copper, the earlier copper, copper design, the copper loops. Um, and uh, I, I've also listed down a bunch of questions as you were speaking, but I thought that uh, we would we would uh, kind of toss it open to questions to give guys here on uh, on frequency, so to speak, um, an opportunity to ask their questions too. And while we have you, and with such uh, such a great uh, great conditions here, um, I don't know if anybody has been like me and, and writing down questions or thinking about things along the way. But if you have any questions, does anybody have any questions that you would like to ask of Alex? Okay, Rick, um, I saw your button light up, and why don't you go ahead and ask? 
Hello, Alex. Uh, thank you for a very interesting presentation. Uh, my question was, what is the radiation pattern uh, of the loop? Is it omnidirectional or is it directional? Uh, okay, Rick, thank you very much. Uh, Rick, when you have here the, the magnetic loop on the horizontal position, uh, okay, uh, you have a, a vertical radiation, you have an omnidirectional radiation on the vertical position, and when you have, uh, like, uh, let me explain to you, like, uh, uh, like your palm of your hand pointing from, palm of your hand pointing for the north, something like this, uh, we, you have a, a eight, eight shape, like, a dipole so you can turn your loop as you normally see if you go to the website you see the normally uh, the loops on the vertical position so in this this normally uh, way that you see these photos you have an eight shape like a dipole okay Rick very good thank you uh, oh my pleasure okay Alan do you have a question yeah, I do. Um, is the audio okay first? Yeah, fine. It's a really good uh, audio. All right, very good. Uh, well, good evening, everybody. Good evening, Alex. Thank you uh, very, very much for your explanation. Very interesting story. And uh, I guess I didn't hear too much about two things. Uh, one was uh, what considerations or design considerations are there for the small uh, uh, driven uh, coupling loop you know, that uh, you actually connect the coax to. Are there any design considerations for that in terms of its size and that kind of thing? And then the other thing is, and I suspect maybe this is some of your secret sauce, is some of the details of the, uh, the resonating capacitor design that you have. So anything you can comment about either of those would be great. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's start with the small loop. Uh, there, there are a lot of people trying to make some calls that Faraday loop. Faraday loops is a loop made with coax cable, and uh, the, the, the semi loop, there is a, a, the shield of the, 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 the coax is protecting against some kind of noise and something like this. Uh, I, I really goes to the you know to the kiss to the kiss system that's keep it simple and stupid. Yes, they use a, a simple uh, six, six millimeters wire. Uh, uh, when you calculate the small uh, small loop, the excited loop or the inner loop, you can calculate uh, with the one five one five from the main loop. So you take the main loop extension or diameter and divide by five. If you have a, a, a five feet uh, loop in extension, you have a, a, a one feet of Cooper wire in extension to make the small loop. And uh, you don't have to worry about the Faraday loop. Uh, use only a simple uh, copper wire and solder the coax that goes to the radio on one side of the loop and the, uh, the other side you, you, you solder the inner inner coax cable no more than this and the secret for the variable capacitor was use a variable capacitor that have two, two great things one is uh, the first one this is I have achieved because on the, the great problem uh, to have the Alex loop that covers from 10 foot to 40 meters was a very uh, uh, difficult combination involving three variables or more than three let's talk by four variables the variable capacitor minimum capacitance the variable capacitor maximum capacitance 
the uh, loop extension, the outer loop extension, and the outer loop, loop diameter. To have an idea, if I take one centimeter from the outer loop, or take off one centimeter from the outer loop, or if I reduce or increase 10% on the coax cable diameter, I will certainly and absolutely certainly lost or 10 or 40 meters. It's very critical, but it, the, the, this, the, this, this was the way to go there. And the capacitor have uh, another feature that has the capacitor is a reduction system that is incorporation, incorporated on the capacitor to make the, the tuning easier. It's not 100% easy. To, you, must, you must get used with the loop tuning. Uh, you, you, after using uh, sometimes you are absolutely uh, get used with this. Okay, Rick, I think uh, I have answered your question. Well, that's great. I can certainly understand why uh, over such a wide frequency range that uh, any small change would put you off the edge on one side or the other, but uh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure, Rick. Other questions? Alex, I have I have a uh, it's a very simple question. Um, I noticed the coax you use is very very similar to one we use here in the states, which is LMR 400, which is a um, a braided uh, a braided shield coax. Is is the uh, the gold connectors you use for that? Are they soldered or are they crimped connectors? Uh, no, no, they are soldered. They are soldered to the to the because they are easy to solder. There is no problem to receive soldering. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I assume that because a soldered connection, one would assume, would probably have less uh, loss resistance than a uh, crimp connection. Can one, can buy, one buy, sorry about that, can one buy uh, gold-plated PL259s um, connectors? Oh, uh, you know, I have, uh, I have, uh, I may, I may ask the manufacturer that I am making for me with, uh, I can have it on, on, to offer to the people, I must consult him because it's a little bit expensive, but I may consult and even I can put on my website if I can do this, I must know if uh, there is a lot of uh, interested people to keep uh, a line from this. The other problem is the, the freight, you know. Uh, I know that uh, sending them to U.S. is very expensive. They are heavy. But, you know, it's just a case to, 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 to test the market and to, to, to check if there is a response of what is the, 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 the value that the people who is interested in buying them uh, was thinking and what is the value that they want to pay for it, okay? Oh, sure. And I'm sorry, I did not mean, I was not asking um, to know what your manufacturer is or where to get them. I just was asking, kind of like myself, I was asking um, that I didn't know that one could buy, that there are gold-plated uh, PL259s. So that was just kind of a surprise to me. Um, I didn't know if you had uh, indeed bought them special or had them made special or maybe you plated them special. Uh, no, no. Uh, there is a factory that says making it this way for me. Okay, they they put on a bath of of, of pure gold and give a very small, a very fine fine layer of over the, the connector. Okay. I see. Okay. Um, my experience with connecting with um, soldering um, PL259s to coax has been less than uh, less than stellar, which means not very good. And uh, so I would certainly, if I were to be a 
attempting this and trying to get do a really good job, it would have to be a, a very careful job. And getting, I always get the coax too hot. Uh, okay, what, what you can do is that this one that I that, that I that I order. I have I have include I have uh, I think ethanol have some connectors like this instead of the uh, when I was when I was a boy and buy my 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 coax my PL259 there was four small holes on it you know to be soldered something like two, four to five millimeters in diameter uh, holes. Uh, actually, this connector and other manufacturers make some uh, longitudinal uh, elliptical hole on two of them on both sides. And so, so on one side you have this ellipti elliptical uh, shape uh, um, shape hole, and the other side only two. But uh, a very good uh, soldering iron you can put just inside of the hole and warranty a very perfect soldering okay Joe okay George oh absolutely understand that's uh, that's good information Alex um, did somebody else have another question I have a list here that I'll get to if uh, if not okay how about this Alex what are the power limitations that you have when driving your Alex Lou I know that you drive it with your uh, you use it with your FT817 um, but if you were to use a, a rig that had more power what would be a reasonable upper limit of power that you could use with your loop before you arced over the capacitor plates okay uh, uh, I recommend 20 watts single side band and 10 watts AM FM or the digital modes. I know some guys that have uh, already uh, adjusted the, the power, for example, in single sideband port for 10 watts and, and raise the power until 35, 40 watts in single sideband. But uh, you must keep this, the standing wave on this point and you cannot change the band. If you want to make frequency changes and transmit, you can go there and just for lower power, find out the lowest standing wave relation and, and uh, uh, raise the power to 35 watts. Watch, but it's absolutely not recommended. Uh, I prefer to, for warranty, uh, limit the part to 20 watts single sideband, 10 watts AM, FM, digital modes. So this is keep safer. If you have a problem for work, there are some guys that have put uh, incidentally, accidentally 100 watts on, over the the capacitor and uh, uh, simple the, the the plates the, the, the aluminum plates can melt and and one can solder the plates on one and on each other very rapidly and you have a infinity standing wave and you know the the, the, the lucky thing of this this the, the, the modern radio the modern radios uh, automatically can detect a high standing wave and and puts the the power down down so to protect the finals. So the power recommended is 20 watts single sideband, 10 watts AM, FM, digital. Okay, okay George. Oh, that's perfect, Alex. Thank you. Have you ever been shocked? Have you ever tried putting too much power there? And has there ever been a case where you're, uh, um, you, the, the voltage on the capacitor gets very high, of course, even for QRP levels, um, and uh, your hand is very close to that capacitor box on your loop? And have you ever been tingled? Oh, I, it, this never happens for all my life. Never happens for the last 12 years. And 
I have never been reported by anybody for any case of chalk using the turning the Alex loop. Absolutely, uh, nobody uh, goes in contact, uh, contact with me telling me about this. Okay, George. <laughs> That's good news. That's good news, Alex. Um, other questions here. Does anybody have a, any more questions about the uh, about the design of the loop or maybe using the loop? Yes, I have a question, Alex. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Has um, has anyone ever anyone with the pacemaker ever measured your uh, ever used your loop? Are there any uh, any problems with someone using a uh, heart pacemaker uh, close to your loop in in having uh, difficulties with it? Yeah, mm, I have no notice about this uh, about the pacemakers. I have never heard about any problem. And you are, uh, if you, with your permission, I, I would like to touch another very important point that uh, many people question about the, the problem of the uh, RF radiation to be very near the antenna irradiation. And so my answer is very simple. Um, normally, you take our QRP radios and antennas to go out to make our, our radio mini expeditions. We take the battery charge and go to a beach or go to a mountain top and then we start to, to, to listen. Normally the QRP ear starts to listen and goes on the end of a QSO. Never stay there. There, there is no, no good practice for the QRP staying on a point and start to call CQ, CQ, CQ falling hours, hour for hours. You know, the best thing to do is wait for ending contact and go ahead. So I am explaining this because when I'm making radio I pass, for example, 80% uh, of my time listening. And then there is a, a, my target station that I want to talk to him. Yeah, I await. Then I call briefly. It's PY1 AHD running QRP. Do you hear me? Something like this. And uh, our, our QSO, when you are QRPing, uh, you make a very, very short, very short uh, uh, package of voice communications. Oh, okay, okay, you change your, your signals and the conditions and uh, three, four uh, changes of uh, information and you say 73 and thank you very much. And this section is no more than one minute, 40 seconds. I am really afraid when, the, uh, for example, I am there and my cell phone rings and I take this one gigahertz machine generating 600 milliwatts just over my brain with the phone on my ear. My, my ear and uh, start to have a rag chewing with my, a friend of mine and stay there 40 minutes with the with the phone getting hot uh, just <laughs> inside my brain you know so i think it's very much it's very much uh, dangerous the cell phone than my qrp radio okay Thank you, Alex. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Very good. Okay, thanks, Joe. You know, that brings up a question um, that uh, that Joe and I have kind of struggled with, I guess, is uh, we both enjoy magnetic loops, and we played with those mag loops from uh, MFJ and, of course, our own designs. And uh, for years, I've been using receive loops, receive-only loops for shortwave, uh, uh, shortwave radio listening. Um, but with the very narrow bandwidth, it is hard to, um, to see, if you will, um, all of the different activity there is on a band. Um, Alex, 
how have you, uh, what has been your experience for um, tuning around a band in order to find activity? Because you're really tuning two things, right? You're tuning the, the dial on your FT817, but you also need to be tuning your antenna loop in order to make sure that you are able to hear wherever your 817 is, is uh, tuned to, right? Okay. Uh, it's very interesting because when you are, uh, I, have, uh, I have many, many, many hours of QRP operation during the period that I was developing, designing, the field testing the loops. What I can say to use this here, uh, for example, you have your loop on it on, the, on, let's say, 10 meters, and you make a band speed, keeping your antenna on 10 meters, you make a band speed, for example, in, in 20 meters, and then you pass the band, and there is a signal over there. You can identify a signal. For example, the real, 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 maybe a very small signal that you can hear something over there. From better signals, you hear, you hear better. Of course, they are out, but what you want to check is the band activity. You want, you want to check if there's, there are people there talking or not. So, uh, even if you have the, your magnetic loop on one band, despite of extremely narrow band, the, 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 the high selectivity that the, the, the presence, the, the, the presence of a magnetic loop, you can even hear something, listen something on, on, uh, on different bands. So, if you have an interesting uh, talk going there, a sh a shot going there, then you fine-tune for this band and make a best checking, okay? All right, thank you. I understand, and that's that's kind of like the, what we ended up doing too. But I don't know if anybody else has uh, tried playing with a loop. But this is a condition that's a little bit different of an operating situation that you have to go through when uh, when using an antenna with such high Q narrow bandwidth. Um, other questions here for Alex. All righty. Um, Alex, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the, the capacitor in that black box. Um, maybe I missed it on your website was the detail about the, uh, in, in your currently shipping product, what kind of capacitor you are using. You mentioned using, uh, uh, whether it was a split stator or a butterfly capacitor, is it a homebrew kind or is it specially made for you? Um, or maybe it's some secret sauce that you don't want to talk about, but that's okay too. But uh, the capacitor is, a, is an important part of the antenna. And I was just wondering about which one you use. Okay. Uh, the capacitor that I use is a capacitor that uh, is originally made in Japan. And this capacitor have a, is a multi-gang one. Have uh, something like six sections. And I use a two uh, by two in parallel. And all over, uh, after putting in parallel, I put in series, in series. So it's a commercial one. Uh, it's not common to find out. It's very difficult to find out because it, this capacitor is not even more manufactured. And um, uh, yeah, it's a simple one. It's a it's a it's a capacitor that was used for for multi-band radios, uh, home radios, uh, portable transistor radios. The, the the biggest ones like the Transglobe and some you know that that uh, that 30 years ago radios that uh, was uh, takes AM, FM, and uh, 12. Or 15 shortwave bands, and it's exactly this capacitor, okay? Okay, George. <laughs> 
Okay, Alex, thank you. That's uh, that's good information, although probably uh, it's good that you have got a, a good supply for that. That's that's probably very important, of course. Um, the uh, uh, Let's see, other uh, other questions. Oh, I have, here's a great question. Let's see if anybody else has another question. Well, I'm kind of curious as to how many of the audience here listening um, have uh, either have an Alex loop or have played with and used a, a magnetic loop of some sort, homebrew or otherwise. How many of you uh, have used uh, mag, um, small transmitting loops? Oh, come on, Ray. I know. Ray K2ULR brought uh, brought an early version Alex loop to uh, an NJQRP meeting. Uh, do you still have that, uh, Ray? Oh, indeed I do, George. Uh, just couldn't find the key on the keyboard fast enough. <laughs> um, Yes, indeed. I, I have one of the very early ones from Alex, and uh, I always uh, appreciate Alex's help. Uh, I had a few questions early on when I uh, got mine. Uh, this is the model that does not use a coaxial cable, but rather just a continuous uh, loop of copper tubing. Uh, and you might argue the point that uh, that would provide a lower uh, resistance path, but apparently uh, Alex's uh, coaxial cable is extremely high quality, and I I suspect there's uh, no difference between the performance of uh, his current version and this uh, old original one that I have, but otherwise it's uh, pretty much the same. And uh, uh, just adding my own two cents worth, uh, I find it an amazing antenna, especially for its size uh, and its ease of quickly setting up. Uh, I mean, I have a little tripod I can sit it on and uh, in just a matter of minutes, I can uh, connect my rig and uh, be on the air, and uh, there are times that's a very handy feature. Um, the only downside of the version I have is it's always uh, uh, fully constructed. I can't fold it down, so I can't take it conveniently with me other places. Uh, it usually sits in the garage or out on my patio. So. Um, although I will say, uh, uh, my one of my best DXs uh, with that antenna was a uh, station in uh, Moldova in Europe on uh, 40 meters. Yes, 40 meters, uh, running uh, RTTY with my KX3. Uh, had a two-way uh, exchange with the station and there. And I also used that antenna to work uh, Tango 32 Charlie, uh, the Christmas Island D expedition on 12 meters with it. Um, which would have been a lot more efficient band uh, there too. Uh, that was a case of the antenna being indoors. So, uh, so another feature about this antenna is the fact that you can put it indoors, uh, which is not easily done with many others. Oh, that's very true. By any chance, that wasn't the copper loop that you loaned me? Because I recall um, I tried something out that you had to give me to try out, uh, but it had a control box of some sort, and the loop connected to the back of the box with some big old uh, wing nuts or something. Yeah, George, that was uh, also, uh, it would have been considered a small magnetic loop antenna, but that was an MFJ uh, loop tuner, uh, the tuning box, and uh, it's a little bit different design. Uh, that uses a uh, series variable capacitor uh, to load the RF from your rig into the uh, loop itself rather than using a coupling loop, uh, which is the uh, classic uh, design that Alex has used. 
um, the one you were using there, I uh, did use uh, copper tubing um, from a local home store. Uh, with, I uh, soldered on some pretty heavy-duty electrical connectors, uh, again, trying for the lowest resistance I could get with that. Um, but really, I think the, the Alex Loop uh, does as good, if not a better job, um, over extremely wide frequency range. Uh, I mean, the fact that it tunes from 40 through 10 is just, uh, that's not easy to do, I guess. And I think Alex just found the right, uh, empirically uh, and experimentally, found the uh, right uh, combination of uh, wire sizes, coax sizes, and everything to make it work along with the capacitor. And uh, again, as Alex has said, uh, tuning the capacitor is very touchy. Uh, I mean, you can use the receiver to uh, get it really close, and then uh, I, I do a little tune with the SWR bridge in line in the radio and uh, uh, touch up the SWR. But I can almost always get it down to about one point even sometimes 1.1 1 .1, um, I can always get it less than 1.5 oh, that's very encouraging to know oh Alan go ahead yeah, she just had uh, one more question is there uh, is there anything critical about the placement of the driven loop I mean all the designs I've seen the uh, the driven loop is you know kind of touches tangentially um, you know the uh, the main loop um, you know, something in my engineer brain says that that's asymmetric, and I, I would want to put the driven loop right in the middle. But, uh, but you know, again, I would imagine maybe there's something critical about that placement. Uh, okay, uh, look, the the placement of the of the the excited the small loop on a small magnetic loop antenna must be always on the opposite side of the variable capacitor. If you was if you use the variable capacitor on the top, as is technically the ideal, you will use the 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 excited loop 180 degrees on the on opposite side. Okay, so is the way to do. I have never I have never seen a, a, a small loop just on the, the the center of the loop. I have never seen one design like this. And I want to thank you very much, Ray. Uh, Ray is a very important uh, people in my history because he was on the very very first clients of the the Alex uh, loop made in in copper. And uh, after that, he was on the very first buyers of the Alex to welcome that goes on a small, small bag then I am very happy because uh, Ray Seals is a name that is very very fresh very refreshed on my mind okay Ray it's a very great pleasure to have you here Ray well, that's uh, my pleasure as well. It's a great series of antennas. There's no two ways. And I see John NG0R has also done some uh, small transmitting loop work. Um, one observation I'll make as a, as the final point here, uh, uh, if you kind of think of it in a way as uh, like an old uh, balanced uh, tuner, uh, the uh, Johnson uh, Viking Matchbox uh, had a loop inside that uh, that you could adjust uh, that would couple to the uh, inductors inside, but uh, that was to feed a balanced antenna. Uh, the loop itself, a, a mag loop, uh, has to be a balanced antenna. Uh, and so uh, that's all you're doing is you're kind of uh, combining the uh, function of the matcher, uh, uh, the feed line, and the antenna all in one uh, single device. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the point. That's the point. Uh, let me ask you uh, because Frank have asked me a question about the sighted loop. I would like to know if he, if the answer is enough for him, or if he have another question. Well, no, that, that's fine. Like I said, it was just the engineering me wanted to look, have things look symmetric, but it makes sense uh, certainly that the uh, 
that the, the excited loop would be 180 degrees opposite of the capacitor because uh, then that would make uh, both sides of the loop leading up to the capacitor essentially balanced. So it makes makes perfect sense. Quick comment Quick on comment. that. Um, yeah, if think of it this way, Alan. The um, high current portion of the loop is uh, directly opposite the tuning capacitor. Tuning capacitor is at the high voltage end, um, 180 degrees, and there's a high current loop. And uh, the coupling loop is primarily coupling through uh, uh, the magnetic field. So you want that where the magnetic field, the magnetic, uh, where the current is highest in the loop, so you get the best coupling to the uh, coupling loop. Uh, makes perfect sense. Science. Alrighty, um, we're getting kind of close to the end of the end of the program, so I wanted to start winding it up here a little bit. But Alex, I wanted to uh, ask one final question that maybe is on people's minds. Um, we know that we can go to your website and, and order, you know, an antenna. Um, but how long is, does it take to for you to kind of get an antenna out once it has been ordered? Uh, okay. Uh, okay. The first antennas, the first ones that I have made, uh, Alex, it took me more or less like eight hours to build one. Actually, have uh, have developed a lot of, um, of devices here or and homebrew homebrew um, devices using Dremel Dremel rotary tools and something like this. And I have a, a collection of three or four or four special made um, tools that can me help me uh, to make uh, a cleaner job and to get a, a better one but if you want uh, if you want uh, ask me for uh, antenna normally I have them in the stock and uh, but uh, you can find out this antenna actually you can find that uh, gigaparts gigaparts you can find that w4rt and you can find an hro ham ham radio outlet uh, i have been in dayton and i spent some uh, the the, sa the friday and saturday working at the w4rt booth and on um, sunday i i, I was working at at the HRO uh, store at Dayton Convention. Actually, you have we have um, the people from US that I told you. Uh, we have uh, in German the Vimo Vimo company. It's a very big company in German. Uh, we have Waters and Stanton in uh, UK, uh, and uh, we have uh, has distributor. Uh, my home place is a, a company in Hong Kong that uh, distributing our our Alex Loop antennas, and uh, I can even for some countries from from some places of the world that have not uh, reach of the this any distributor, I can send from from Rio de Janeiro. Okay, George. Oh, that is great. That is great to know the, that you, the, you can turn around, that you have them in stock, and also that you have uh, distributors around too. That I did not realize that. That's great. Great to know. I'll bet. I'll just bet you that there's going to be a couple of uh, new sales that come in just from people that are listening here on the program. And I know that uh, that Joe is and some others are uh, making. Uh, uh, like a homebrew version and experimenting with uh, different materials and such. Uh, we have vacations coming up here in the uh, northern hemisphere now and uh, looking forward to getting some field time with some easily portable antennas. And your antenna certainly qualifies as, as one of those that I'm going to play around with a lot. I'm going to enjoy that. Um, Alex, thank you an awful lot for sharing your, your insight, the background of your design, and uh, the ways that you went about uh, uh, 
um, coming up with a good antenna that was a good that is a good compromise. Any designer knows any any designer of electronics of antennas of appliances knows that any design is a compromise. There is no 100% uh, solution that fits everybody's needs all the time or that uh, performs um, as best as possible uh, in every single regard or every single way. And in this case here with the Alex loop and STLs in general, we know that there are limitations, but the usage of the antenna, the portability of the antenna, um, its performance with low power, um, its very narrow bandwidth that we hams use to our advantage um, a lot uh, to improve signal to noise ratio of the received signals um, is, uh, is a very good balance that is made. And uh, you've done a great job in kind of um, coming up with a, a design that is uh, reproducible and uh, that people all over the world really enjoy. So uh, thank you a lot for sharing your information here with us tonight and being with us tonight. I guess I would, uh, um, I'm going to toss it over in a minute to uh, to Joe, as, as we normally do, Joe wraps up the program. Uh, but I wanted to point out that on the whiteboard, there is another section that we didn't get to, and that's okay, because it's more or less for reference. It's uh, section three, which is called a simple homebrew design. And really, it's multiple homebrew designs. But here on our webpage, as well as Alex's, I urge you to check out Alex's webpage. You see, he has some wonderful, wonderful background uh, material, interim designs, alternate designs, good photos of uh, different approaches for capacitors, for making the loops, for um, uh, taking it out in the field. And you would really enjoy um, just browsing through Alex's uh, site to, to see what his experiences have been. And if you haven't noticed by now, um, in the section two that we've been talking about here at the, about the Alex loop, there is a picture that shows Alex on the dock of a, of a river or a, an ocean or a bay or some, some body of water. And um, it is a video. Uh, if you click on that uh, image, you will be taken to a YouTube um, video that has Alex describing how to use uh, the Alex loop. So much as like uh, was being described here today, Alex goes through uh, the operation of it. And uh, sometimes it's uh, it seems obvious, but then sometimes uh, there's some, some good information there that maybe we haven't uh, thought about before. So um, Alex, uh, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure having you here tonight. Uh, okay, George, it was all uh, my pleasure. You can be sure about this, okay, to find out all the people interested about, uh, in magnetic loops antennas and uh, the Alex loop. And I am very happy to be here with all of you. And uh, it was an honor to participate here on this session, okay? You can count on me anytime that you want and or any listener here uh, or any friend that, you know, I am a ham. Uh, before everything, I am a ham and I, I, I love to help the people and to find out their own solutions and to, to have all the pleasure on a home broom. So anytime that you want, you can use my my email and uh, I will ready to give any help that the people needs me anytime that people needs me for help uh, uh, and that's it okay thank you very much for the attention of the, the people here okay George it was a pleasure okay Joe uh, great Ray great Carlos is my, my my neighbor here 
okay? And uh, it was a great pleasure to be here, okay? Thank you again, uh, Alex. You are such a great gentleman, and uh, I really hope to make contact with you on the air on an Alex Loop to Alex Loop uh, connection. Um, Joe, why don't you take us home and tie the ribbons? Uh, Joe and, and George, can you can I have just once a brief second to address the audience very briefly? Oh, sure, Carlos. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Well, what I would like to convey to all of you is that I am the only uh, other Brazilian station in this presentation, and as Alex just mentioned, I happen to be his neighbor door. I've known Alex for over 40 years, and I myself am an RF engineer. All my life, I have been an, an RF engineer. The thing that uh, I think uh, that is very interesting, as you pointed out, George, is that, of course, all the theoretical background that you you must understand and that you would like, of course, would like to go through very deeply. This is of utmost importance. But another uh, another side of the coin is that, the, as you mentioned, that something needs to be uh, good to operate good to use and show a good result in operation, in actual operation. And that's what uh, Alex Santanas uh, provide, as I understand, for the experience that I have. So I, would, uh, I wanted to just give my, my nice word, to put a good word for something that I've been witnessing for years around here. Thank you so much, and go ahead, and to APB FPO Energy. Thank you, Carlos. That's great information, and uh, appreciate that. Joe, take us home. All right, will do. Yeah, and... Uh Carlos, I can certainly agree with you about uh, knowing all the theory and all that, but uh, uh, I have gotten, as an engineer myself, uh, in communications, I have been uh, um, accused by uh, other engineers as being uh, too trivial with antennas uh, because I use things that aren't 100% perfect. But in the end, what matters is whether or not you can make a contact with it. And uh, that's what we all understand is, as uh, hams. Uh, can you make a contact with the darn thing? That's what counts. All right, tonight we have, uh, the topic has been small transmitting loop antennas. We discussed some theory, presented um, uh, just an overview of what a uh, small transmitting loop antenna is, um, showed some results for some sample calculations, along with a link to um, a spreadsheet that uh, anyone can use to uh, crank in some numbers and, and try to get an idea of um, uh, the interrelationship of physical dimensions and the various uh, components you'd use for or, uh, a magnetic loop in trying to evaluate um, uh, where they'll tune, how well they'll work and such. Uh, we had a very special treat in that uh, we had uh, the designer of the Alex loop, Alex uh, P1AHD, as a guest speaker um, and a lot of material from his webpage. Alex did a uh, phenomenal job of describing his antennas and we certainly congratulate him on his products and uh, all the work he's put into them over the years in making something that uh, is eminently practical for the ham to use for uh, portable operation and for uh, people who can't put up a, uh, a large regular antenna. Very, very good job. Um, further, in addition to the um, short testimonials we had here, you can look at eHam, uh, the eHam website, and see lots more info on the Alex loop and the current version that's being sold, which is the WalkHam loop. 
Um, people give all sorts of testimonials and uh, their personal experiences with them, so you can get a feel for how the average ham deals with them and uh, what they think of the product. Uh, finally, we have a number of links. We have some descriptions of uh, some homebrew links here and a number of references with just an enormous amount of info with um, uh, loop antenna analysis calculators, various products that are available um, for sale, and uh, some homebrew loop antennas, uh, people's experiences, and uh, in addition, some how-to info so that you can build your own loop. Thank you all for participating tonight, and hope to see you on the air when uh, when I'm operating portable with a loop. 7-3. Okay, uh, I will thank you very much, Joe. It was a great pleasure to have you here, and uh, as I said before, it was, was a great honor to participate in this sixth session, and I'm ready to answer any question by email. Okay, so thank you very much for all of you.